Welcome to episode two of Tori's House, the podcast. Before I even get into this episode, I want to say thank you to everyone who's listened to the first episode and has given me feedback, reached out. It means the world to me. When I thought about episode two, I figured maybe, you know, I'd jump back into the same format, interview another guest. But then it dawned on me that you all might want to get to know me first, right? Like, who is this girl? Why is she doing this podcast? Where is her vulnerability? So, in honor of that, I asked my good friend Aisha Allen, I've known her since junior year of high school, if she would be the host for episode 2 of this podcast. In honor of my 29th birthday, I asked her to draw up a list of 29 questions that would give you guys insight into who I am. I have no idea what she's going to ask me. I did not see the list of questions beforehand, but I did take a shot of Rand Nephew, so regardless of what she asked me, I'm going to be fine. Whether or not you're fine after listening, I don't know. Whether or not I'm fine after re-listening, I don't know. I hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see each other soon. All right. So, excited for everyone to get to know you better personally, so... I've picked about 29 questions um, and they're basically like past, present, and future. So I guess we could just dive in, start with the past. What is your earliest memory? Oh man, I I don't know if I have an earliest memory, but my childhood memories begin with Jamaica and just spending time with my family, going to Ochi and on vacation. Do you want like a standout memory or is that fine? No, it could just be whatever. Okay, so just spending time with my family, my grandparents. Okay, because yeah, I know you were born in Jamaica and spent like the first few years of your life there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I left when I was seven. So what were you like as a child? Hmm. I hear that I was very sweet. I was very kind. Um, and I think that I, I'm sure that I, knowing my nature probably a people pleaser I just wanted to make everyone happy and I think I was happy I hope I was happy but I do remember I do have very fond and happy memories from my childhood what were your interests I played the violin I I love that yeah (laughs) I was I was okay my grandfather played the violin and I think that's kind of where my interests stem from I love playing outside. I love to go to the beach. I love dogs. I loved cupcakes, sugar and spice cupcakes. That's kind of where my love started with sweets. Was the violin thing when you were back in Jamaica or was that like at that point you were in America? In Jamaica. Okay. I stopped playing. I don't remember how long I played for, but for sure didn't bring it up to the States. Mm-hmm. And so what are some other interests you had? Like what kind of books and TV shows and music did you like growing up i remember that i loved britney spears and i had her first album i think it was her first album baby one more time whatever wherever that is in her discography mm-hmm. and i remember thinking she was jamaican because i didn't not that i thought she was jamaican but i didn't understand the idea of there being international artists so i just thought that she had to be like a local girl or something like that mm-hmm. um so for sure, Britney, The Lion King. I love The Lion King. The Nintendo 64 was my lifeline. I would play with my cousin all the time. Mario Kart would yes. lose all the time. The absolute <laughs> best. What else? I love playing outside. I don't know if I said that already. But I love to swim. Mm-hmm. I love going to the beach. I don't remember watching TV much, but for sure, movies like The Lion King. 
Awesome. Um, what's something about you that has remained the same and what's something about you that has completely changed? Mm, I love that question. I think I've, I'm always, I think I'm very playful. I don't think that has changed. There is like, I hear a very childlike essence to me and I feel like I've had that since I was a kid and that's kind of carried with me through life. Um, what has changed probably my physicality you know I'm bald never in a million years would I think even as a, I mean I don't know what I thought of myself physically as a child but mm. middle school high school I never thought that I would be bald I never really thought that I would have tattoos and so I think yeah physically I've changed looking back on your childhood what would you say and just younger years in general what would you say you miss mm -hmm. the most I think I miss getting to spend time with my grandparents. That's something I talked to my aunt about a lot. I left Jamaica when I was seven and I want to say they passed away when I was in middle school and high school. And I never returned to Jamaica until 2017. So there was a lot of my life that I spent away from there. And I do regret not being able to spend more time there as a kid and spend more time with my family. That's probably something that I think about a lot. So what has been your biggest challenge and or obstacle so far? Hmm. Sort of shifting gears here. So like more internally or more externally, or does it not matter? doesn't matter. I think that for most of my life, I have navigated or my approach to life has been from a place of moving with adversity and moving from a state of my back being against the wall. And I think that I'm no longer in that place in life, but sometimes I kind of rely on adversity or pain to push me forward. And I'm just trying to better find inspiration elsewhere. What, what have been some ways that you've found to help like move you in that new direction that you're trying to go into? Um, I think just coming to terms with my past and and honoring it for what it was, but not tying myself to it, not, yeah, not attaching myself to it at all. Mm -hmm. I think accepting myself where I am and trying to root myself in the present versus, you know, worrying too much about the future has also helped because then, then I feel more stable and then I can really lean into, okay, how am I feeling in this moment? What am I inspired by? What can I look forward to? That is also something that's really helped me just looking forward to things and even journaling, you know, mapping out the next 12 months and saying, okay, what can I look forward to in August? What can I look forward to in September? Just so I feel like I have a future and I'm not just tied to my past or my present for that matter. Mm. Okay. So it's like controlling what you can control. It sounds like. Right. To a large extent. That's awesome. What are you most proud of? I think I'm most proud of who I am right now and the relationship that I have with my family. That is something that I think in learning how to communicate with, for example, my sister, Kayla and I, Kayla's my sister for everyone listening. Kayla and I growing up didn't have the closest relationship. And even though we've been pretty close over the past three years, there's still been moments where we kind of resort back to how we were with each other in childhood during moments of, frustration or anger and I think we've just accepted that we love each other unconditionally and she's my best friend I'm her best friend and there's nothing more satisfying than having each other to rely on and lean on so 
coming from that place of love and that's acceptance for each other i think we've just come to this place of i love you you love me we're not going anywhere so how can we communicate in a way that makes each other feel safe how can we learn to forgive each other and to just not feel so tied to the pain that we've endured together and i think the nature of our relationship and where it's going has healed me and has poured so much love into me and i think has set the standard for the type of love i want in my life going forward in my relationships so i think that is probably what i'm most proud of but also just how i've navigated my life just thus far and i think the acceptance and the forgiveness that i have toward myself the compassion mm-hmm. yeah damn that's definitely something to be proud of what would you say has been your biggest regret oof maybe i should have reversed these <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine let me think about that one I think I've been really hard on people at times and on myself. And I think that if I could, I wouldn't go back, but going forward, that's just something I just think about, you know, giving myself more grace, giving others more grace and being more mindful, especially when I feel angry or when I feel like I've been slighted, it's just zero to a hundred at times. And I think the ways that I have hurt people in the past weighs heavily on me at times. And it's something I've worked to forgive myself over and to just not be so hard on myself. Mm, That's noble. And I love that you said, you know, you've been a hard on other people as well as yourself. Cause I feel like you never Mm -hmm. get one or the other, you know, right. People that are hard on other people tend to be hard on themselves as well. And yeah, distinction. Not that I have the answers. I got the questions, but (laughs) No. (laughs) no, but what you're saying is absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, so moving more so into the present, this is a fun question. So what celebrity do you see yourself in the most? I kind of have an idea of who you're going to say, but... Oh, I love that question. (laughs) I've never really thought about that. Drake, obviously. I knew it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, six God. Uh, I would say Drake. I mean, obviously, you know, astrologically, we're very similar Mm -hmm. in our big three. But in his in his music, I just there's a sensitivity to him that I really relate to and a vulnerability um, that I think for better or worse. I mean, he's not perfect, but I think there is a there is an awareness to him that makes his music very relatable and very safe to people in ways. Yeah any time of the day I could turn it on and I just feel like I'm home, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Emotional thugs. <laughs> gang, gang. Solidarity. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> um, so what's something about yourself that you think many people may find surprising? Hmm. So in elementary and middle school, I was the biggest WWE fan. I never missed a night of Monday Night Raw. I thought I was going to marry John Cena. And I love Jeff Hardy to this day. Swanton bomb for life. I don't care how old I get. Wait, so what is what is something that you think people would be surprised to know? Um, I think people would be surprised to know i'm like rephrasing the question so i can find myself time to think (laughs) 
I feel like people don't realize how funny you are. Like you're funny, but like, I feel like, and okay. I feel like people recognize that you are funny, but sometimes I feel like your jokes go like a lot of layers down and like people don't really like, it takes time to get like the full appreciation of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like sometimes you'll reference stuff like just that has happened in the past. It's just the way you bring up past situations. That's so funny. It's the context. Like people need time to understand the context of your humor. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I love that you say that. <laughs> Because sometimes I'll say things and no one's no one responds. There's no laughter. There's no nothing. I'm like, fuck, no one. <laughs> no one gets where I'm coming from with that one. No, no. You're, you're truly hilarious. <laughs> Compliment. <laughs> okay, let's see. So what are some causes that you care about? Hmm. I think homelessness. That's something that really bothers me. And... I would love, I mean, I think you and I have had this conversation of just, even if it's not providing permanent housing for people, I love the idea of just having a place where even if it's just my loved ones can go, and this is not necessarily relating to homelessness, but I just feel, I love the idea of being able to provide a sanctuary for people where they can go to, to kind of rest. There's no expectation. There's no, um, yeah there's no expectation of receiving anything in return just somewhere where people can be themselves and kind of like collect themselves go through what they're going through and then go back out into the world but I do love the idea of having some type of physical shelter for families mothers kids to go to if they're experiencing homelessness what does the world need more of for sure compassion and I think that's something I recognize within myself that, and consideration, because I feel like I've, I've realized within the past week that I'm not the most considerate person. Um, but I think consideration and compassion go a long way, especially when you're trying to connect with people who don't feel seen or heard or valued. Um, and I think that, especially in today's climate, especially in the U.S., um, that we just don't relate to each other. We just don't hold space for each other. And I think that I can do more of that. And I think that the world at large can do more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So you said you started this podcast to explore themes of identity, homecomings, and the peaks and valleys that make us who we are. What are some peaks and valleys that make up who you are? Oh, I love that question. So I would say... Re- most recent peak is just coming to this place of peace within myself after a very heavy two, three years of emotional turmoil. I feel very safe within myself. And I almost feel like I said this to someone the other day that the past doesn't matter. The present is all I have. And I'm someone who always lives in the past and or I'm always living in the future. I'm always thinking, you know, what if or having anxiety over something I said or didn't do or did do. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there hasn't been much of that in the past few weeks. So just my journey within myself. Wait, what was your question again? <laughs> oh, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that for sure has been a peak. Um, I think my resilience and my just passion and belief in self has been a peak mm. and what that has afforded me. And then the valleys, I would say, 
something that I feel very sad about is how much I've been like a chronic people pleaser throughout my life and how that has gotten me into situations and relationships that I didn't really need to be in. Mm. Um, And I think that as I've come out of that energy of people pleasing, I think there is a, for sure, like a grief period because I can look around and say, okay, what are the nature of my relationships beyond Tori, the person who just wanted to please this person? That's something that I would say for sure has been a valley throughout my life. And I can see how that my lack of boundaries and my lack of advocation for self has gotten me into work relation, work dynamics or interpersonal dynamics that brought out the worst in me. Mm. Why, where do you think like, the people pleasing like tendency comes from I think as a kid for sure it stems from childhood um I think that I just wanted to take up as little space as possible and I didn't want to upset anyone that's something that's still I mean not so much anymore I don't really care about opinions and I think I freed myself from this need to know how everyone feels about me or be validated by what people think about me but I think as a kid I cared so much about what people thought about me and I wanted to be to be perceived as nice and kind and Tori would do anything for anyone and she's always going to be here for you and she'll keep your secrets and she'll do this and she'll do that and I think at some point I just got to this place where I don't think I really gave people a chance to know who I was beyond that people-pleasing person and you can't really know someone when they're existing from that space, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you were isolating yourself in that way. Yeah. So who would you say that you look up to? I don't know if I would say that I look up to this person, but this is someone who has really impacted my life for the better. Erin Gilmore. Shout out to you, Erin. Erin mm. is... I met Erin in 2016. I started emailing her then. She was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I really wanted to work for. And there was no opportunity available. So I just harassed her for about a year until something opened up. And then (laughs) in 2017, we got the opportunity to work with each other. And that was my introduction to journalism and photojournalism. And I worked under Erin for about a year. And she's very different than I am. She is you know, like, no bullshit. She doesn't care about people pleasing. She's very logical. She doesn't navigate or she doesn't exist or communicate from a place of emotion. Very different from how I move through the world. And she's always been very hard on me to try and pull the best out of me. But she's done it in a way where she's never made me feel like there was something wrong with me. It's just a matter of, Tori, you're fine as is, but you can, you can, you can better streamline your process by doing this or doing that or not taking it so personally, not being so hard on yourself. And I just think her perfectionism and what she expected of me so early on in my career really laid a strong foundation where I don't need people to be hard on me to know that I can do better. Wow, what a compliment. What makes you excited about life, like looking forward? The fact that I'm excited about life is the most exciting thing to me. I've never, 
I don't want to say, yeah, I can say never. I've never really been a planner. Like I could never commit to, if someone said, oh, do you want to go like travel here in a year or even in six months? I would never plan that far out because I just didn't care. Um, And I do care now and I'm excited about just possibility. I, I love the idea of a new day and what, the possibilities that it can bring and I'm just grateful that I'm in this space and I'm excited that I'm in this space that I can just be excited over anything like if it's raining I feel excited because mm-hmm. I feel so cozy and safe and at home and if it's a beautiful day out I'm excited because I can go to the beach or do whatever I want you know so I think for me it's just learning to root my joy and happiness in the smallest things and allow it to build from there mm-hmm. What do you think 39-year-old Tori is doing right now? Or in, in 10 years, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, she may be somewhere right now on some other plane. Um, right. I think... I think she has... I think she's a mom. Mm-hmm. And I think she has horses. I think she has dogs. I think she has the house that she wants and, like, the partner that she wants. And I think that motherhood... I'm not ready for it yet, but I think that when the day comes, it's probably going to be hopefully one of the best chapters of my life because I, I would love to just, even just thinking about my nephews and my niece and just how much joy they've brought to me and how they've helped me just see the world differently. I would love to experience that with kids of my own. And also because I'm adopted, I think it would be like a full circle moment to just have a family of my own in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope I'm happy in my career and I'm passionate with whatever it is that I'm doing if I'm working. Um, But I just hope that I'm balanced. I hope that I have a good group of people around me and I hope that I'm having fun. I hope that I'm not taking myself too seriously Mm -hmm. and I hope I'm healthy. That's the biggest thing. Oh, that sounds so ideal. So I think this is a good follow-up to that. So if you could be, do, or have anything, what would your life look like? Hmm. Let's see. No limitations. If I could be, do, or have anything. Well, let me think about this. What is it that I really want? Right. I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't feel like I, there, I don't think there's anything that I really want, but I think that's kind of problematic because what am I working towards if there's nothing that I really want, well, you know? Well, how do you want to feel? Like I do now, which is... I have my goals and I have big dreams, but my work, my self-worth isn't rooted in them. So if they happen, great. If they don't, maybe a little sad, but it's not the end of the world. Like I can, I can continue creating. I can continue doing. I don't have this limiting belief anymore about like my abilities and what they can lead to. Um, if I could be anything, be more confident that's something I'm actually working toward because I do think that I'm insecure about the most ridiculous things at times. And we all, yeah, (laughs) it's just ridiculous. Like, come on now. (laughs) I mean, like even, even with pictures, like I'm not someone who takes a lot of pictures of myself because I don't always feel like I look good. And then two years will pass and I look back on the picture I thought I looked so terrible in and I'm like, you look fine. What is wrong with you? You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that I just want to continue being more accepting of myself as I am and I don't want to 
you know, like I was thinking the other day, I'm not as fit as I would like to be. I'm not as healthy as I would like to be. But I was on a walk the other day and I said, you know what? I love my body. Body, I love you. We're doing the best that we can. We're going to get better. But for the time being, I love you. I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. And that's all it is. That's all it needs to be. It's not, I don't need to beat up on myself yeah. because I'm not where I need to be. Because at some point I'm going to look back on this period and think like you were healthy, you were fine. You know, it could always be worse. So mm-hmm. I think just taking myself as I am, that's what I could be more of. And did I answer your question? Yeah. Kind of. I more so was wondering like, just what does your dream life look like? You know, like what's oh, your most ideal environment and lifestyle and day to day sort of you know okay yeah. i think i can answer that i so immediately goes to this house of mine i don't know where in the world it is it's white it's viney there's a bunch of trees it's very earthy there might be trees inside the house i don't know i haven't thought that far yet but i love the idea of working with the landscape to have a home that is eco-friendly and just very warm, very inviting. My house has a lot of art in it. I'm wearing a very loose dress and I'm possibly pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> my dogs <laughs> my dogs are running around. My horses aren't too far away. Probably not on my land, but they're somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why anytime that I think about my perfect life, my mind just always goes there because I think that for whatever reason, home has been such a big theme to me. And that's what I'm working toward, just having a space that I can be really proud of, that I can that I can um feel safe in. And then, you know, like I want to travel, especially if I have kids, like I want to be mobile and adventuring and Yeah. Just pushing pushing myself and pushing my boundaries. Yeah. No, I can totally see you being like the mom that travels with her kids from when they were young, you know? Right? I can so see that. And I chuckled when <laughs> you said maybe you're pregnant because um, this and your answer a little bit earlier about, you know, where do you see yourself at 39? It was very like cancer, like <laughs> the epitome of a cancer about home and family and motherhood. So exactly. that sort of brings me into my next question because I know the first episode was about astrology. So in what ways do you feel like you relate to your zodiac sign? And in what ways do you not relate? Well, I think, and I think I told you this the other day, um, as I've become closer to my family, I feel more cancer than ever. Because cancer, you know, is very big on home life and family life. And growing up, I wasn't very close to my family. I didn't feel very connected to the spaces I lived in. And now that I just feel at home within myself and I feel very at home with my family, I feel like I am exactly who I need to be and where I need to be. What else? I think Kansas do have this negative stereotype that we're just crying all day and we're just in fetal position for whatever reason. Um, Not always true, but I do think there is a sensitivity to us that if we can learn to manage can really be our greatest strength. I mean, I think my sensitivity allows me to be the artist and the creative that I am. And without it, I wouldn't lean into my art in the way that I do. I wouldn't see the world in the way that I do, you know? So I think that the softness of, of cancers, um, it's a big part of who I am, but then also on the negative end of the spectrum, the shadow of cancers, you know, we can be very passive and me being a people pleaser, 
I was I was very passive at one point and then moved toward move into more passive aggression and now I'm just aggressive and then I'm just (laughs) (laughs) and I'm trying to find balance um I twitch (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um let's see um so okay so what does the future of storytelling look like for Tori interesting question it's funny you asked that because I was thinking about this the other day. I My relationship with storytelling has really shifted and evolved. I used to be big into writing, big into photography. I don't really do photography as much anymore. Um, but I do want to get a film camera. With writing, I have zero desire to write another article again in my life. Damn. That could change. Yeah, But I think that I don't know if anyone ever, I don't know if people who write really enjoy writing. I think there are periods in the process. Okay. Let me not speak for everyone, but (laughs) (laughs) from, from myself, at least I don't, I've never liked writing. I like when I come to a place where I understand what's going on and I can, you know, make sense of my sentences and the story, but the process of getting to a finished draft is the most brutal process for me and I get so angry and I get so worked up you don't want to be around me when I'm writing um so I think that I love the idea of telling stories through podcasts for example Mm -hmm. and maybe even videos down the line um and just finding different ways to communicate beyond what I've done in the past yeah I feel like you're you like to more so share like the raw state of things And I feel like Mm -hmm. writing is a very, it's more of a refined thing, you know? And I feel like you like to leave things up to, you know, interpretation a little bit, you know? It's more so about observing for you rather than, like, defining. Is that fair to say? That's so true. Yeah. Absolutely. I've never thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Let's see. What would you say is your greatest strength? I think that my, I would say, let me say, my ability to find beauty in everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that breeds curiosity, that breeds compassion, that breeds a lot of my best qualities, I think. It's just being able to look or accept something in its raw state mm-hmm. and knowing that that's enough. Mm-hmm. So in that same vein, what would you think is your greatest weakness? probably how reactive I can be um it just completely like how I respond to situations at times just completely takes me out of character and I just start spiraling and it's just not necessary I give away so much of my power when I'm not able to just pause and reflect and shut my mouth for a few seconds you know Mm -hmm. so I think something I'm working on is to just be more just to be okay with being misunderstood and I think that's a lot that's where a lot of my frustration comes in and that's I think when I get most reactive is when I feel like I'm being there's someone is painting a picture of me that's not fair or not true but Mm. where I am right now I think I've just released in in becoming less of a people pleaser I think I've released this need for assurance and I don't care so much about what people think of me. I know who I am and 
that is enough for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's your love language? Oh, these questions. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Acts of service, possibly one. Okay. Words of affirmation, number two. And I think oh, I'm right. going to rank, I'm ranking them. Okay. Quality time is number one. Really? Okay. I think so. I mean, like, I th- so this is the thing. I love the idea of being with people, but I don't really like being with people, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> it depends. So yeah. let me, it, it depends. So maybe quality time isn't number one on the list. Okay. Acts of service, number one. Words of affirmation. Gifts, number four. Physical touch, number five. Wow. Like, don't expect a hug from me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh my god. I feel like I definitely hug you and <laughs> you're probably screaming inside. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. But I I love you and I know how much you love to hug, so I don't mind <laughs> I don't mind you hugging me. Yeah, I guess I am a hugger, huh? <laughs> uh I actually thought you would have said words of affirmation first for some reason. But acts of service I can totally see too. Yeah, and I feel like that's think, how you show love a lot is act of acts of service, ah, uh, and true. words of affirmation actually. Yeah. Okay, where is somewhere that you must go? I have to go to Africa. I I think Ken. I want to say Kenya, but I think I'd go anywhere in Africa. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Vancouver. There's something about Vancouver that just speaks to really? me, and. I mean, I haven't traveled a lot, so there's really... I would love to go to Italy, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I would love to spend time there and just travel the coast and things. But for sure, to answer your question, anywhere in Africa. Absolutely. What's something that you must do? I really want to do a road trip across the U.S. What are your top three favorite foods? For those of you that don't know, my girl Tori is a foodie, so... I love food. <laughs> what are your three favorite foods? I don't know if I have favorites, but I feel like a lot of my food is rooted in nostalgia. So let me let me just approach it from that aspect. Oh, okay. Aisha has not been to Jamaica yet. The day will come and she <laughs> will experience sugar and spice cupcakes. Ooh. If you know, I love cupcakes, period. I love like vanilla cake. I'm a cake girl. But there's something about sugar and spice. I was adopted outside of a cupcake rest a cupcake shop by the way fun fact so i don't know if the smell has been ingrained in me from the time i was born but i just love cupcakes and (laughs) i tried so hard to hold that in (laughs) that's funny (laughs) no it's very possible though like like no i know i know it was it was raining there's a lot going on cupcakes like (laughs) love (laughs) okay cupcakes and i love Anything that can be shared, because I do love eating with people as much as I eat alone and I like love doing things on my own. Yeah. I do love the time where I'm with people around a table, having good conversation mm-hmm. and just sharing a meal. So anything shareable, like I don't want to say pizza. It's not my favorite, but I love what pizza represents. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love sushi. I can eat sushi any time of the day. Oh, yes. Um, and I think this is the last question I have, but describe your outlook on life in three words. Just those three words. You can't elaborate any more than that. Let me think. 
hopeful, mm-hmm. appreciative, mm-hmm. something, you said not to elaborate, but I would say forgiving. Okay. And that's something I'm more leaning into than anything. Mm-hmm. Nice. Episode two is officially wrapped. Thank you to everyone who's listened. I hope you enjoyed the episode and were able to take something away from it. This won't be the last time you hear from Aisha. She'll be back for a few episodes down the line where we talk about some really exciting and unique topics that I think you all will enjoy and be surprised by. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it, share it, reach out to me, give me your feedback. I'd love to hear it. And until episode three, take care of yourselves. I'll see you next time.